Welcome to the ReChurch Podcast. This is Tyler Armstrong, the student pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church in Rainbow City, Alabama, with our lead pastor, Thomas Winborn. We are asking the question, how can we become the church that Jesus intended? What's up, everybody? Back here with the ReChurch Podcast, Tyler Armstrong here with the one and only Thomas Winborn. What's up, man? How you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, Tyler. How you doing? Man, I am doing well. You know, weeks into Hebrew now, and so trying to survive <laughs> um and so we the word well doing well and weeks into hebrew do not go together they do not go together yeah. and, and i'm gonna be honest like it's one of those things that like now i'm just in survival mode it's yeah. some, and the, yeah. the worst part is like we're getting into summertime and i'm in course i'm in courses and even though like we've been kind of this corn this this like quarantine summer i'm still like my mindset isn't good i'm just being real like i gotta get better well, it's got to be better for you to pass Hebrew. Yes. And so thanks, coach. I yeah, appreciate bro. it. <laughs> thanks for that. So who's got your ear this week? Uh, Mac Lake. I really like to listen to him. He's a leadership guy. He's a believer. He helped to develop the North American Mission Board's model of uh, training church planters, training the trainers who train church planters. Uh, really brilliant guy. Just put a new book out that um, I'm going to list out for next week uh, about a book I'm going to start reading. So Nice. I love it. Uh, for me, it's been the Business Wars podcast. Um, I actually got turned to this from a guy that we were talking about earlier, uh, Kerry Newhoff. Um, is that how you say his name? Kerry Newhoff. Yeah, Newhoff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce the name. It's felt weird. But um, with a, I, I, he turned to this podcast talking about you know how the church is acting like a mall in the age of Amazon. Like, you know, if we're just waiting on people just to come back and reopen. We're talking about that today. Yeah. But um, I've been listening to the Amazon versus Walmart because, y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you. I love capitalism. All right. It's a shark eat shark world out there. And I love hearing these two retail giants duke it out. And now, I mean, there's a backstory. I would encourage you, if you like capitalism and you like business stuff, go listen to this podcast. And I'm listening to it to get insight to the church. So um, I'm going to figure out how to apply it. I'll let y'all know how that goes next week. So um, who are you worshiping with? So there's this guy named Toby Nowigwi. And that's spelled T-O-B-E, last name W N W I G W E. The song is Shine. I've been listening to him amongst some other guys, listening to some new stuff. And uh, it's kind of what some have classified hip-hop. He's kind of known as being a rapper. I don't know what you call it. I, I like the sound. It's kind of laid back. It's groove. It's, uh, it's, really, it's really good stuff. I like it. It's an interesting genre. Um, you were listening to it earlier, and I was like, I don't know how to classify this. Like, it was... Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Check it out, y'all. I, yeah, I he's not who I, I wouldn't say he's a Christian rapper. I would say he's a Christian who is a rapper or a yeah. Christian who's a hip hop artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it, it's really artistic. I like it. And so um, I'm going to check it out tonight. What about you? Uh, for me, it's been Austin Stone Worship, Austin Stone Community Church. Um, they're in Austin, Texas. And so um, really big church. Uh, Chris Tomlin actually kind of ha- had a hand in starting this band. Um, their worship band. I love the song "You Are God and You Are Good." Um, I would encourage everyone in this season just to listen to it. Um, it's just a beautiful, be- beautifully written song, um, and everything they do is really well done. Jesus, uh, you are better. Um, um, you know all these songs; they're just incredible. And so, um, I yeah, love it's their a great church so, too. Really good church. So anyway, "You Are God, You Are Good." Um, their album "Center My Life." That's the album that comes off of. It's a live album. Uh, you can watch it all live on YouTube too. They recorded it live on YouTube, so really cool to watch. Um, who are you reading this week? So I'm checking out a little book that was put out for free by John Piper called "Coronavirus and Christ." Can I interject really quick about John yeah. Piper? Listen, yeah. a lot of people like we see John Piper like, "Oh man, I need to order those books." John Piper puts so many of his stinking resources out for free on Desiring God. 
Like he just hands them. Like he like he just here you go, church, take them. And like I I didn't realize that I bought like all these John Piper books, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah you know, I gotta have all. The, I, I gotta build my Piper library, and I'm like, right. Wait a minute, I could have had all these books for free. Yeah, if you and go so, to if you go to desiringgod.org, desiringgod.org, mm-hmm. and you look up for any of his books, and then you see there he has them listed. If he has them in a Mobi format for Kindle, or if he has them in a in a publisher format for for whatever other for, version, Apple, for books. Apple books, yeah, yeah, or if you have them as a PDF, you can download them for free and. and read them. Uh, this one is one he wrote, obviously, after coronavirus kind of came on the scene. It's really short, really sweet. It's basically uh, how do we deal with coronavirus and anything like that as a Christian by believing on the sovereignty and hope, uh, sovereignty of God and the hope of Jesus. So it's called Coronavirus and Christ. This is awesome because he also did instantly, immediately did uh, an audio book of it as well, and that's free for download also. Yeah. So Coronavirus and Christ, a good book by John Piper. Yeah, I haven't uh, dove into it. I've seen it um i got it downloaded and then that's that's on the that's on the to read list you know just haven't got there yet for me it's been a first by rich froning um a lot of you may not be familiar with rich froning he's a uh, crossfit crossfitter i might hit justin up and ask him i'm pronouncing that right i guess that's right um he's a guy who was the crossfit you know most fit man in the world for like four or five years in a row and this book is kind of like his testimony his autobiography um, and I, I'm reading, rereading back up onto it. Cause, cause I mean, I need to get caught up on some of the lingo cause I'm doing some workouts that they do and I, you know, trying to get called back up and it's been really good though, but just to see, just to read something that's not so theological, you know what I'm saying? Like something that's sure. just to kind of unwind my mind into autobiography and just to read something that's not on like an like a 11th, 12th, 13th, you know, college. I said 13th grade, college level, you know, reading level. I said 13th Depends grade. Depends on where school. Yeah, yeah, 13th grade, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, reading those things, um, it, I really enjoy this book, though. I would put you to it if you're interested in those things. Um, I'll tell you this, like Zane, who's my brother-in-law, he read this book and he loved it. And so really yeah. good. So um, what's a book everyone needs to read? So I selected a different book for this week. It's one by a man named Roland Bainton, Roland Bainton, B-A-I-N-T-O-N. And the book is actually entitled Here I Stand. It's called Here I Stand, but it's a biography on Martin Luther, who basically kickstarted the Reformation. And so uh, it's a great book. It's easily accessible. Anybody could read this book, um, and it's really well done. It stood the test of time. And it's cheap. Yeah, it's really cheap. You can buy it used now for a couple bucks, five, six bucks. Um, but there are other ones that have come out lately that go in more in depth, but they're like encyclopedic. I mean, they're huge. There's kind of revisionist. This is something that's been the classic, man, for a, a biography on Luther. Kind of everybody should read this book. And I say that because it, it is about the man who took us out of the dark ages of the Christian era into putting the Bible in everyone's hands in their own language. I mean, yeah. he's the guy that started that movement. Yeah. So, I mean, John, you got other guys, John Huss, you got Wycliffe, but Luther's the guy that kind of was the kickstarter. Guys. I was about to be like, well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but Luther's the guy that is like known as the guy who lit the fire, yeah. who lit the match that set Europe on fire. Well, well you know, the there, there's, a, there's like the legend about Jan Hus. They called him the goose. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, he's yeah. like, on, he's like about to be set on fire. And he says, you know, you set me a fire today, but there will be a, a you know, a goose, a gander that comes later that yeah. will catch all of Europe on fire. And then like a hundred, almost a hundred years to the day. And if you didn't hear that, Tyler just yes. went Jan Hus yeah, Jan by Hus. saying it correctly when yeah, I Jan said Hus. John Hus, because yeah. that's the English way we Hus. say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jan Hus. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Luther is that guy. And it's yeah. just, a, it's just a really good book. And I mean, it is just 
gosh, if there's a guy who feels like he was the worst of all people, cannot find redemption, he finds it in the gospel as he is just reflecting on Scripture and God speaks to him yeah. basically through Scripture. And then he then goes out and just cannot do anything but tell the truth. He feels like, what am I going to do? This is what I have to stand on. So yeah, it's just a great here book. I stand. I have yeah. no other. It's so. a great, great life, a great example. So if you don't read biographies, you should. And here's a really great, easy one to read about about Martin Luther. Yes. So for me, I'm going to recommend uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, C.S. Lewis, once again, Clive Staples Lewis, uh, Mere Christianity. Uh, Mere Christianity is a essentially written down radio talks. Um, I have two copies of it right now, so if you want one, um, I have one for free, so hit me up when you hear this, and uh, you can come claim your free copy of Mere Christianity. Um, it's just his book on, I mean, essentially the simplicity of the Christian faith. Now, I mean, once again, it's C.S. Lewis. It's written in a different time period. It was meant for radio that you listen to. And so please understand it's very, I'm not going to say it's an easy read, but I think that everybody should trudge through it because yeah. the depth of knowledge that you learn from Lewis in this, like, like I, I literally, I think I find myself quoting that some type of mere Christianity, some type of quote in that at least probably once every five, five or six sermons. Cause yeah. I mean, I love C.S. Lewis. I love that book. I mean, there's just so much insight into the Christian faith from a guy who used to be an atheist. Yeah. That's you the know, best part. I mean, me. I mean, from a guy who used to be an atheist, converted to theism and then eventually became convinced of Christianity's arguments because of, J.R.R. Tolkien and the um, yeah, I was about to say one of my favorite yeah. parts of like thinking about Lewis is like I got to go over and spend time in England and Oxford where these guys hung out. Yeah, I, what was I the name of their, their um, yeah? I stayed in a flat like yeah. right above the Eagle and Child, yeah, which the they Eagle called Child. the Bird and the Babe. Mm-hmm. And the four guys got together, the Inklings, and yeah. one of those was Tolkien, one of those was Lewis. They'd sit around, they'd drink a pint of beer, smoke their pipes, and talk about these stories they were writing. Mm-hmm. And they would argue about uh, why you should be more fantasy or why you should be more non-fantasy and what you talk about, and you go directly at the heart. Art, um, really good stuff. Yeah. And Lewis wasn't a Christian for a long time with yeah, this. But, just, but he, he specialized in medieval literature. Yes. And so specializing in medieval literature, and he's course, reading Tolkien, Christians. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He's reading Christians. And he fit right in with Tolkien's story, fantasy kind of world, yeah. you know, who wrote Lord of the Rings. I mean, everybody knows that if you know anything about this type of genre. And so really cool that Basically, C.S. Lewis wasn't a Christian, got on a bus, headed to London. When he got off the bus, he was a Christian. He's like, yeah. I don't know exactly what happened, but God saved me in between those two places. After all this apologetics with Tolkien and all yeah. this stuff. So just cool stories. And mere Christianity would be his, basically his Christian defense. Yes, it's it's, 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 one, of the, it's one of the earliest apologetics books. Yeah. I mean, like, um, that's, that's where I, I love the line where he says, how can you, he said, I, I used to say, like, how can I know that the universe is evil without, you know, these things? He says, how can, how can you know that what a straight line looks like if you've never seen a crooked line? Yeah. And so, like, I mean, he has so much just wealth of knowledge. And it is definitely a top 10 it took me book an entire It took me an entire summer to read that book. Yeah. And, and I still revisit it every now and then because I learn something from it every time. So uh, now let's go back to talking about what I mentioned earlier, what today's podcast is about. We're talking about reopening the church, reopening the church. What does it look like? We are about 50 days into quarantine now, all right? 50, 51 days. Gosh, it feels like 2,000. Dude, it feels like, I feel like March had about 52 days, and then April (laughs) had two years. You saw that meme, too? Yeah, I saw that meme. I did. And I, I love the meme now. It's like, man, April, man, that couldn't get any worse. And then May... Giant murder hornets. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> My wife's biggest fear probably oh, dude, in life. It's, it's coming, bro. I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to be surprised if like June gets here and then like we're like aliens. Like it's, frogs fall out of the sky. Yeah, frogs fall out of the sky. Kusa turns into blood. Oh, dude, it's coming, bro. <laughs> the, the plagues are on us. So anyway, so in the midst of all these plagues, let's talk about reopening the church. What does that look like? 
um, for us as 12th Street Baptist Church. Um, we've been thinking about this for 50 days. I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many people coming out with things you should think through, 24 questions and 48 ideas. I made the and... joke earlier in staff meeting to them, that to uh, Olivia and Luke, who are in here with us right now. I made the joke to them. I said, Man, I feel like the next one's going to be like doubling 148, like 126 questions you should yeah. ask her. And then <laughs> it keeps exponentially yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah, 256 yeah. questions you should ask. <laughs> I just see in so many articles. But yeah, they're, they're in all reality. I can make fun. They're good questions. Sure. And so. Well, and the, the first question is, it is, is it a good idea to reopen? And I, I would say yes. It is a good idea so to reopen. So why do you say yes then? Well, I mean, I, and I think either one of us can answer this question. We debate all the time ecclesiological things, yes. things about the doctrine of the church. There's and here's the thing. Let me tell you all something about us, too. Like, there's things that we disagree about, which I think makes us— A lot us, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're <laughs> crazy, right? I think that that's what makes us, you know, you know, work well together is that I can look at Thomas and go, man, I disagree with that guy about something, yeah, yeah. but, man, I'm not going to die on that hill. So there are things that we debate, all right? And I'm okay so, with you being wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we won't go there right now. Anyway, so, so why, why is it a good idea? Yeah, why is it a good idea? Why do you think it's a good idea? So uh, the biggest part of that is that, man, there's something unique and special, biblically speaking, just mm-hmm. doctrinally, and also experientially about being together with the body of Christ. In person. We see that. I mean, doing live stream, we've reached a lot of people that way with, with what we're doing on Sunday mornings. But when people come to our drive-in service, uh, you can tell in what they say, how they react. It is uh, My experience when I preach even is just extremely different. And I think it's because of being together with the body of Christ who are filled with the Holy Spirit together as Completely we gather. Completely different atmosphere. I mean, we, talk, yeah. we I think we touched on that a little bit last week. And on top of that, I'm just going to be real with you about live stream. I was thinking about this the other day. I think we've almost peaked. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, like we've reached who we're going to reach unless all of you start sharing it. Like, you know. Sure. Um, but I really think all of you who are listening, if you start sharing, I think we could reach more people. But like we're averaging anywhere between 750 to 1100 views on, on our live stream and so we're not like peaking we're, we're just kind of there like we've right. hit that point that we're just kind of like okay bam we've reached them yeah and so it's one of those things i'm like okay we need to start thinking about ways to do this differently we need to start you know be more innovative in those things when we gather together it's just completely different because yeah. i mean it, just the spirit just joining our hearts together you can't beat it and so that's why we think it's a good idea i mean yeah, one of the sure. main reasons why we think it's a good idea um let me ask you this when might we open well, yeah, and I want to be real careful here. First of all, we're not allowed to, according to what the state is telling us, to gather in mm-hmm. groups the size we would need to to constitute our gathering as a church. And so, and, and, um, and until May fifteenth, we're still underneath the safer at home order. So and who like, knows that still, they might increase that for a longer yeah. amount of time? We are still going up in yeah. cases of coronavirus in our state right now, so we're not sure how that's going to yeah. work. We're out just waiting for us. on Kiv to wake up. And yeah, we're kind of know. planning on two phases, a possibility, and one of those might be. One of those might be phase one, like June, July into August, phase two, August, September range through December. So we have different kind of looks. There's we're hoping June, but we're not solid on that date yet. But that's what we're looking at and anticipating what we believe will happen as things have moved forward. Yeah. And so as we think about this June date, I mean, like we've been kind of saying, okay, is it May? Is it June? Is it May? Is it June? Like we've like, we've really jumped through this. Yeah. June being the most realistic. Yeah, Here's because even thing. even if yeah. the even if the even if the the state says, hey, you can open. If you can open, let, hey, May May fifteenth is Friday. You can open May seventeenth, which would be a dream day. Like, yeah, I mean, like, sure. Let, let's open. Let, that's great. That's not wise. Well, we're not ready like, to. I, I mean, I think that some churches may be ready to. Like, I mean, I've talked to churches in Texas that they've already started gathering again, sure. and all these things. But, I mean, for us, I mean, I, I always think that just because hey, you can reopen, you can do these things. 
we need to err on the side of safety. We need to err on the side of wisdom. I mean, Jesus tells us to be, you know, as, as peaceful as doves and as wise as serpents. Yeah, yeah. And so in, in the midst of that, we need to exemplify that godly wisdom and go, okay, let's think through this all the way. And this is why we believe that this is an all-consuming idea. Like, like, like yeah. We're about to walk through the things that we've talked about. And if you hear something that you say, hey, this may be a good idea, like shoot it to us, email us, or let yeah. us know. Email be but, the best. Yeah, email be the best. I think that as we walk through this, you're going to see why this is an all-consuming idea. Like there are things that we've thought about that I would never think about in the church. Sure. Um, that I never thought I would think about in the church, you know, at the beginning of this year when me and you sat, me, you, and my wife sat inside your office talking about coronavirus. Right. I don't know if you remember that Wednesday. Yeah, I do. We, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we sat there and talked about this. Like, man, what's it going to look like? Now we're here talking about it. So um, why is it an all-consuming idea? What's some ideas we've talked through, Thomas? Well, and this is not this is not an exhaustive list. These are just some of the things off the off the top of our head, right? So one, sanitizing. Every area somebody goes into, we have to sanitize. Our, our, our preschool is open. Mm-hmm. We are sanitizing the preschool every evening, everything, every room, now, when every you say area. Sanitizing, like, I mean, we are like spraying. Yeah, basically, uh, we are spraying. A, a, a chemical that is food grade that can land on food and it's fine, it's healthy, it's not going to hurt anybody. And we are spraying that across every surface anybody could be touching I'm in our building. I'm going to spray this on my meals. Probably not wise, but oh, okay. I mean, you well, could and uh, eat it. I'm, I'm just saying I wouldn't yeah, do yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah. It made me immune to the coronavirus. Yeah, you're going to cut that part out later? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> so sanitizing everything. And then you have to look at, okay, if we have two services or three services, because we've got to be concerned about, we have to, we're going to remove chairs in between rows. We're going to say you have to sit, uh, family groups have to sit two chairs apart from other family groups. So you're limiting the number of people that can come in to keep the distancing rules that we want to set forth that we've been supposed to be living under. Uh, then we have to go in and spray everything down and that's got to dry. So that determines when we can have services, how often we can have services, how many people can be in a service. What time Do, services start? What time services end? Do we have have overflow areas if we do those things have to be closed down how do we get access to those areas how do we leave those areas um, if we start and end too close together for, to the next service then we've also got to deal with people coming in and out of the building at the same time and cross-contamination that way so all these and drive-in pieces, church like, like drive-in church is yeah. a big piece because i know yeah. that a lot of you like you're saying hey like even if the church reopens like we you know drive-in church is still gonna be our option because of just safety concerns yeah like how does this fit into the equation like you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's something we've been you know thinking through, walking through. Yeah, and then and then children's ministry is probably not going to kick off in the beginning. Yeah, uh, we just can't have that many kids in an area together. Right now, our preschool has to keep eleven kids or less per room. Um, you know, it's at the line at which we can still be financially soluble, like in a good, healthy way, or financially in the black versus being in the red. So, um, children's ministry has got to wait. Student ministry in that way may have to wait. Um, worship ministry, not having a full choir. We can't put people next to each other on the stage for 30 minutes. Yeah. We just can't do that that way. Not right now. So in the first phase, that's not possible. Small groups probably still on zoom. Uh, we, we, how do we, we have most of our small groups in this church have 15 to 20 people yeah. in a space side by side in a small area and they're packed sure. out. Yes. And so some of them have 30, 40. And so we've got to figure out how to do that. We're probably talking about eventually going to back to back services with back to back Sunday schools so that everybody can come in in a safe manner. Right. Yeah. Then you got things like the restrooms. Do you open your restroom? Some people say, no, well, we're going to open our restrooms. You have to, man. you have to, yeah. You have to. But then some people are saying, well, if you do that, then you need to have somebody in there making sure people are social distancing. I don't know why you wouldn't be social distancing in the bathroom. But and, and also that they're washing their hands for 20 seconds. We're not going to put a guard in our bathroom. Could you just picture like putting like Bob Blom 
in there with a stopwatch like go like yeah. 20 seconds first bob wouldn't do it no bob right. wouldn't do it no he wouldn't no, do it no. but secondly if he did do it it'd be really weird yeah, right like no, so no, stop go back you gotta wash your hands for five more seconds before you can leave the room we're, we're gonna trust people are gonna do it. We'll put signs up you know all that kind of stuff but then i think about baptisms how do we do baptisms well maybe only family members can do baptisms yeah. for family members uh communion how in the world are we gonna do communion like how do you do not you the way pass, we used to do you it. can't pass a plate you can't pick up offerings by that way thank the Lord that we already have options where you can do it online to give your offering. You we drop, we it, drop it in a box on the way out that we already have attached to yes. the building. We have one out at drive in church. Um, you know, and then dismissal, we can't let everybody just get up and go out and bump into each other, run over each other. So maybe dismissed by rows. These are all some of the pieces that we're having to think through mm-hmm. before we can get procedures lined up to do it in a healthy, and, reliable way. And he even said this, these are just some of the pieces that like, I mean, like these are just, yeah. I mean, this is not all of the pieces that let we've me, talked let through. Let me give one little piece to dive yeah. deep on. Right. So we were thinking, what's the best way for us to sanitize? So we've looked up and found what we believe would be the best way, which might be electrostatic sprayers. Well, the, the the science behind that took a learning curve. I had to learn about when you ionize these things as a positive charge, they hit most surfaces or a negative charge. They disperse evenly. They get in the nooks and crannies. They dry even faster because you spray less volume coming out. But then you've got to look at how much those cost. Those go anywhere from $1,000 up to like four to $5,000. And then they're back ordered eight weeks, which could really be 12 weeks, which could be five months. Yeah. We don't even know. And so what are we doing in the meantime? Well, we found a way that after researching and making a lot of phone calls and putting in the hands of a guy like Bob Blum, um, we found out that we have options to do things that like what the fire departments are doing in a lot of places to sanitize between runs. And so these are all things we're having to think through. And that little one little thing has taken us many one hours, piece. many hours just yes. to try to get everybody safe when we do start to gather again. So even if they said you can open today, we're not opening today. No. Because we have to figure out how long is it going to take for this stuff to dry when it hits chairs? Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take before it's out of the air and, and, it, and it hits the ground before we're able to bring people back in? Yeah. I mean, all those pieces that we've got to think through. Yeah, and, and and we do this because we want to keep everybody safe. So you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, you, you, the key term is you said you saw during this phase. Yeah. So what, what are we doing to make sure that everybody's safe and how are we doing it and why did you use that term phase? So like welcome to walk us through that vocabulary. So phase one, we're talking about being May or June through July or August. And that really depends. So that, that, that will probably change based off what the school system does. So we're not going to have children's ministry in phase one, but if schools open back up in August, then we'll open back up children's ministry in August. If it looks different for the school systems, then ours will look different too. Um, If it goes back to the same way it was, then we'll go back to the same part of the fears everybody has is what happens when we start opening things back up and all of a sudden there's a spike in coronavirus cases in cases and now we have to then what are we gonna do go back to the old like stay at home are we gonna go back to a, a mediated kind of in the middle thing yeah. we just have no idea so we've kind of developed a phase one and a phase two approach to this like for instance phase one limited worship attendance so we'll still have streaming serve from now on we're gonna have streaming streaming some of our services yeah like like that's one thing that i do want to point out we aren't going backward there no uh, in all reality i think we're gonna go forward like, we're working through ways to have designated people who are working on those things like we already have um but you know we're working through those things organizing teams and to be innovative in that like we want to push the bar on live stream i mean like i mentioned earlier like a lot of churches this carrie newoff guy says a lot of churches are acting like malls in the age of amazon like right. look i mean look at the ads to mall right now like they're yeah, not doing it's dead and in all reality it may stay dead because of this like if we need to think sure. about this which is sad yeah amazon though has been doing this for years now and that that's the thing that we've been we jumped onto the live stream train 
very late, but now we're on board and now we need to keep an online presence and an in-person presence and just, and, and make both of them excellent for the glory of God. And so we're not going to go backwards. Live stream is going to stay an option, but we still do want to point out the value of the local gathering. And yeah. so, yeah. So anyway, keep going. Yeah. And we'll talk more even about that as we talk about the fact that we have to switch gears at some level. We were already planning and trying to lead us down a path to switch gears to become more of a training center yeah. than being a teaching center only because training center is what Jesus did with the disciples. And we need to get back to that version of 2080 versus 8020 like we talked about in an earlier podcast. So things here, like in the first phase, probably no choir. Uh, we just can't put people that close yeah. together, uh, separating everybody, no children's ministries, no student ministry the way we usually see them. The preschool will be open like it is now, uh, but it'll be kind of building up slowly. Um, when you come in, doors will be propped open to avoid contact with the handles, small groups on Zoom. Uh, we'll have probably one main entrance and then one or two exits, maybe a secondary entrance for those parking in the back of the area for, for being able to walk closer. Uh, antibacterial stations set up throughout the facility. Um, Offerings dropped off in boxes, individual communion cups spaced out. If we do communion in that phase, dismissed by rows, like all those pieces. Phase two in August or September, depending on the school system changes, uh, that would look like we would probably go to back-to-back -back Sunday schools during the same hours as our normal worship services uh, so that we can get more people into Sunday school if they want to do that and yeah. not cross-contaminate again and have not a full room, but a room that works alongside social distancing um, or what I like to call physical distancing because we're not we're still being social yeah. right um, limited choir at that point maybe um, children preschool ministries begin meeting that'll look different probably even still uh, new cleaning procedures between and after each event per room since we're meeting in small groups uh, that'll have a new responsibility for people leading those groups some small groups will still maintain zoom only I mean we've got people like we've got people that are in the mission field that are able to jump into our small groups now that we're not able to do that and people that are able to do that at home where they feel comfortable at a time that's convenient mm -hmm. and that's good when immunocompromised people as well yes, man I mean yes. like you can gather with people and be do community while actually still being apart. I mean, it's not the yeah. same, but at the same time, it's so much safer. Yeah, in a time where we have to be safe, that is something. And, and then do we consider things like phase two, trunk or treat? Will people even come to that? Yeah. Do we do that? How do we do that safely? How do we make that better if we do? How do we do Christmas services? Yeah, I mean, how do you have a packed room full of people at a time where COVID-19 is probably not going to disappear? We're just going to develop a herd immunity. Mm -hmm. And it may shift or change like flu does. Who knows if we're not going to be dealing with this year to year in different levels. Um, that's what we, we just don't know enough yet. Mm. So we're just going to have to think through all these pieces as we go. And that, that's a lot of information. It could be very fear acting, draw up a lot of fear in us. Listen, what we do know is that no matter what, our hope is in Jesus and he's already defeated death. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to worry about that, but we want to be careful. We want to be wise. And so, but we also want to meet together again. And so we want to offer multiple ways, multiple opportunities so that we can still be the church Jesus intended, but do so in the current context in which we live so that we can continue uh, being a, a, a provider of church faith, family, time together, but to do so in ways that are the best options for those that we care and love about. Yeah, um, I'm going to close with this verse from 2 Timothy, um, Paul speaking to you know his son in the faith. He says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 
you know, we brothers and sisters, we don't need to let fear overrule us. Um, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. I mean, be wise. If we do reopen in the coming, which we will reopen in the coming weeks and coming months, if you don't feel like it's wise for your family to not come, I mean, for real, be safe. Like, we're not going to sit there and go, oh, well, like, look at the Armstrongs. Like, you know, like, like we're not going to do that. Like, we're going right. to understand and, 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 and trust that you're making the decision that's best for your family. But realize that you don't have to make that decision out of fear. You can make that decision out of godly wisdom that he has given you, um, that he has granted us through the Holy Spirit. And so realize that you don't have to live by fear. God is in control. We have a sovereign God who is not surprised by this. We are. He's bestowed this providence upon us for his good, for his reasons. And we trust and lean into that providence and worship a sovereign Lord. Go ahead, Thomas. Yeah, I'll say this. You know, a lot of people talk about counting noses and butts. People talk about that. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I'm not. I've never heard that, but that's You've good. never heard that no. phrase. I heard it all the time when I was going through seminary uh nickels and noses those kind of things yeah so it, those are good metrics what we are most concerned about is not that everybody rushes back to the building what we're most concerned about is that everybody's becoming more like jesus Amen to that. and so if you can do that from where you are and maintain health and avoid becoming sick when and you're still at risk, gathering with us I mean, still yes, yeah. maybe maybe even one of the things that could look like is you know some people that you trust part of this is a trust factor you know people are doing what they should do they're being healthy minded they're washing their hands regularly they're social distancing you might can gather with 10 of those folks in a home and watch the live stream together and still have a together experience yes. of being the faith family together yeah. in those moments we're just going to have to be open-minded about that mm-hmm. our biggest concern is not so much how many people we have in the seats or even how many engagements we have on the live stream those are important because that represents souls but what we're most in, concerned about is the people that are engaging in whatever way are becoming more like jesus and that jesus is being magnified in how we live speak and do everything and in the midst of this season they they are becoming the church the church that jesus intended right yeah exactly. and we are we are being rechurched in the midst of this season so thank you guys for joining us this week uh, be sure to tune back in next week as we gather together out here on the Rechurch Podcast. Peace out.